This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff. On the Blaze Radio Network. Folks, don't jump. Climb back in the window. Everything is going to be okay. Welcome to the program. Wow, what a week. Let's try to break this thing down. This latest manufactured controversy with Donald Trump and this uh, this con guy whose son died in battle fighting for his country. That's honorable. But I'll tell you what. Let me start here. When you enter into the political ring, the political realm, and you use your misery as a political hammer, like Khan did, to stand up there and politicize his son's death, all bets are off. You cannot climb in the political ring and expect no response and no blowback. Stay out of politics with your unfortunate circumstances and your misery. And then we'll give you all the condolences that you want. I still feel for this guy. His son died an honorable death. But he tried to use that as a political sledgehammer to go after Donald Trump on behalf of Mrs. Bill Clinton. All bets are off. He's no longer untouchable. Now... You know, I I sit up here and I'm just, I don't know about you, which, which is why I started out the way I did, telling you to climb back in the window, don't jump. I'm enjoying the hell out of this. I'm jo- enjoying the hell out of watching Donald Trump in his rendition of Muhammad Ali's rope-a-dope tactic against George Foreman. Do you remember that fight? YouTube it. Go back and look at it. Muhammad Ali came in a huge underdog to George Foreman. George Foreman used to be able to darn near kill people with his punch. Muhammad Ali came, got into the ring with George Foreman, a heavy underdog, and he employed a tactic. He came in in good shape. He laid on the ropes and let George Foreman pound away at him. And I mean George Foreman was throwing some haymakers that would have destroyed most men. I mean, he was bringing it. And Ali stood there on the ropes and let him hit him. Until the later rounds, and Ali realized George Foreman had punched himself out. Muhammad Ali took over the fight and knocked George Foreman out. 
winning the heavyweight championship. It was a thing of beauty. Nobody gave Muhammad Ali a chance. You see the parallels here with Donald Trump? When Donald Trump first got into the political ring, nobody gave him a chance. And he came in with an unorthodox tactic. He wasn't going to go use the political model. He employed his own tactics, his rope-a-dope. The media pounding away on him. 16 candidates pounding away on him. Establishment GOP, the donor class and the party elites, pounding away at him as he leaned back on the ropes until all those candidates, until the media, until the GOP, donor class and party elites punched themselves out and Donald Trump went out and easily won the Republican nomination for president. It wasn't even close. And what was everybody predicting? That Donald Trump would not be the ultimate nominee. Marco Rubio said it. At some point during that campaign, he's not going to be our party's nominee. There's no way. See, these politicians, they think with their political brain. Donald Trump uses his business brain, his business acumen. He is waging an unorthodox campaign, and everybody is befuddled. So we get into this latest manufactured controversy with Donald Trump, and oh, everybody says, oh, this is, he, he, he finally did it. He finally stepped in. Do you know how many times they've said that about Donald Trump in the last year? that this would finally be the one that brings him down. Do you know how many times the media still can't figure him out? Right now, the media is going apoplectic. I sat in the airport in D.C. this past week, and of course, they had CNN on. Would have been my choice, but they did. And you should have seen the banners across the bottom. Source. Trump campaign in disarray. Source. People to leave the Trump campaign. Source. RNC is apoplectic over Donald Trump. Source. Check this one out. Donald Trump will end his campaign. I'm looking at this and I just, I started chuckling. They just, they don't get this guy, but we get him. The voters get him. Middle America gets him. The base gets him. Moderates get him. Blue-collar people get him. I believe there's going to be Hispanics and blacks that vote for him. I'm not predicting in large numbers. Because he gets us and we get him. His support is not going away. Now, these polls are going to move. And remember what I say about the polls? Don't take the cheese. 
I said when Donald Trump came out of the RNC with the nomination, he got a six-point bump in the poll, I said. And that was they said that's one of the highest bumps ever coming out of a, a, a convention. I said the only reason they did that, manufactured, by the way, was because they'll now have Mrs. Bill Clinton come out of hers with even higher than that. And sure as heck, that's what happened. See, this is all predictable. As my friend Sean Hannity likes to say, let not your heart be troubled. This too shall pass. There's a little less than 100 days. Presidential elections are not. One and lost in August in the summer. Got a long way to go yet, even if it's 100 days, a little over three months. And keep this in mind, too. I'm tired of hearing people say, oh, Donald Trump needs to get back to the issues. Donald Trump needs to stick to talking about the issues. Folks, presidential elections are not about the issues. The political insiders, the media elite think they are. To us out here, it's not about the issues. You must inspire and motivate a voting base. It's a popularity contest. Ask Ronald Reagan, ask George W. Bush, who beat a very boring Al Gore, ask Bill Clinton, who beat a kind of an old and tired George Herbert Walker Bush. He made it a popularity contest. Barack Obama made it a popularity contest because that's what presidential elections are. We'll be right back. David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. The Blaze Radio Network On Demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Okay, when we went to the break, I mentioned that presidential elections are popularity contests. And then probably some media elites that would argue with me some politicals that would argue about me. But I'll tell you what, the Democrats have a very boring, flawed candidate. That's why she's hiding. She inspires no one. Trump at least inspires his base. I don't know about you, but I can't wait till November. I'll be ready to crash through the door to go vote for him. I mean, keep in mind, he got a record number of voters in a Republican primary. Yet they were claiming he wasn't a Republican. Where the hell did he get all these votes? So I mentioned some presidents in the past that had won. They were all inspirational. Reagan. Clinton. Obama. All two-term presidents, even George W. Bush. 
And while he while he might not have been the most inspirational of, of the lot that I'm talking about here, but he had a sense of humor. He was like one of us. Remember the media elites? The high-minded liberals called him stupid. George W. Bush. That's what they do with RNC candidates. Let's talk a little bit about this unfit to serve. That's their talking point right now. Donald Trump is unfit to serve. He's unfit to be president of the United States. He's unfit to occupy the White House. Seriously? Look at the guy who's in there now. Barack Obama was in empty suit when he ran for president. The first time. The media covered for him. He had a lot of question marks. He knew nothing, really. You know, when it came to things like foreign policy, all these things that, you know, well, you can talk about foreign policy. I get tired of that crap. You know what? The average person doesn't live 24-7 watching cable news, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, none of it. The average person doesn't watch that crap. The average person doesn't get engaged in the presidential election and in most elections until after Labor Day. Because they're enjoying their summer. Well, see, politicals eat this crap up. They live, eat, breathe, sleep 24-7 politics. D.C. politics. That's why they call it the bubble. These people are disconnected. They think that their vision of how the world works is what everybody else is thinking. I got news for you, elitists. You arrogant a-holes. Not everybody shares that view. The majority of people don't. More people are concerned with dancing with the stars in The Bachelorette than they are in watching cable news, political news I'm talking about. So when, when you hear this, well, well, Donald Trump needs to get back to, to stick to talking about the issues. It makes me want to gag. Entertain people. You know why? Presidential politics is a popularity contest. It's theater. You know who else understood that? George Washington, the father of our country. He knew it. He talked about it. He said... Politics is theater. That's all it is. Donald Trump understands entertainment. He is he's literally sucked all of the air out of the room in this presidential race post-election, post-convention. Mrs. Bill Clinton went into hiding after the convention. She's boring. She's horrible on the stump. She's corrupt. She's a liar. She stood up last Sunday with Chris Wallace 
of Fox News and looked him right in the eye and said, James Comey uh, said that I was truthful in my uh, rendition of what happened with the Secret Server. No, he didn't. He said she didn't tell the truth. This woman is a pathological liar. It's pathological, folks. She doesn't even know she's lying. She's not worried about the the, the, the lamestream media calling her on it. She's a straight-up liar, and she's corrupt. And yet, in this latest dust-up with Donald Trump and this con guy, you have GOP politicians saying they're voting for Mrs. Bill Clinton. You have got to be kidding me. They would vote for a straight-up pathological liar who's corrupt. It shows you how incestuous the D.C. bubble is. You couldn't have a conscience if you're a conservative or if you're a Republican and vote for Mrs. Bill Clinton. And then these are the same people that talk about principles. I'm a principal conservative. And you'd vote for a liar? A corrupt liar? You have no principles. You're a phony. You're a fraud. You never Trumpers. You are frauds. Principal conservatism. Give me a break. And many of these GOP candidates that are jumping ship saying they're going to vote for Mrs. Bill Clinton, I would bet are running on the point that they're going to end Obamacare. It cannot happen. Mrs. Bill Clinton will not sign a bill that ends Obamacare. So there's a contradiction right there. That's why I'm calling you phony frauds. If you're running in a GOP race this fall, and you're running on that you're going to rein in government spending, Mrs. Bill Clinton is not going to rein in government spending. She will club you over the head with it when the debt ceiling votes come up, just like Barack Obama did, and threaten to blame you for shutting down the government. You people have lost your minds, you never-Trumpers. If you think, and if you're running, that you're going to vote to defund Planned Parenthood, and you're going to vote for Mrs. Bill Clinton, you are a straight-up fraud. She's not going to do it, nor is she going to sign any bill that defunds sanctuary cities. Who do you never-Trumpers think? You're kidding. And you can kiss hell or goodbye. The Supreme Court decision that said the right to bear arms is an individual right. Kiss it goodbye. Mrs. Bill Clinton wants strict gun control, and she's going to appoint a Supreme Court justice that will reverse Heller. What the hell is wrong with you never-Trumpers? We'll be right back. David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Casper is made in America. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Breathable latex and memory foams are combined for just the right sink and just the right bounce. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Right now, get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Clark. That's casper.com promo code Clark. Terms and conditions apply. casper.com slash Clark. You're listening to David Clark, the People's Sheriff. I gotta say this about Barack Obama when he stood up at a news conference and said that Donald Trump was unfit to be president of the United States. Barack Obama would know because he was unfit. Barack Obama knows what unfit is, but he got elected twice. Because it's a popularity contest. I want to talk about Romney, Mitt Romney for a little bit here. Do you know that it was Mitt Romney who not too long ago before the Democrats started parroting that Donald Trump is unfit to be president theme, Mitt Romney said that. Mitt Romney said Donald Trump is unfit to be president. Why isn't Mitt Romney taking flack from the GOP for giving the Democrats a talking point? Remember what the RNC and the GOP were saying during the primary, that all these things that Trump was saying, they're giving the Democrats ammunition for the general election. Remember they kept screaming at every time Donald Trump said something that rubbed them the wrong way? So Mitt Romney says this. Now the Democrats are are, are using it, and, and nobody from the right is saying anything about Mitt Romney. Why did they tell Mitt Romney to keep his mouth shut? Mitt Romney ran on the issues, Remember? Mitt Romney stayed on message, remember? What did it get him? He got his rear end kicked to a very weak incumbent president in Barack Obama. Remember, see, we have short memories, ladies and gentlemen. When Barack Obama ran for re-election, his numbers his approval rating, his job numbers, all this. No incumbent president with his numbers has ever been reelected. None, zero, nada. Mitt Romney lost to that guy. That was embarrassing. Let me say it again. No incumbent president with the low numbers economic indicators, those sorts of things. No incumbent president with those horrible numbers has ever been reelected, except Barack Obama. That's why I said, and will continue to say, I don't want to hear from Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, 
was a stiff. That's what we were handed. John McCain, the war hero, but he was as stiff as a presidential candidate. Neither of them understood that nobody's going to hand you the presidency. You must seize it by the throat. John McCain, at some point close to November, was leading in the polls, suspended his campaign. Remember that? When Wall Street crashed, suspended his campaign. Barack Obama didn't. Barack Obama hoodwinked him. Barack Obama said, he John McCain, remember, he said, i got to go back to Washington. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're working on some legislation to try to save Wall Street. Barack Obama was in the U.S. Senate at the time. He said, hey, you know what? When you're president, you're expected to handle multiple things at one time. Brilliant freaking response. I think at the time, John McCain was leading in the polls. Suspended his campaign. And then there's Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney had Barack Obama on the ropes after the first debate. Pulled back. Why? Didn't want to come off as beating up on the black guy. That was the Republican candidate. That's what they gave us. So now we have a Rottweiler and Donald Trump. Take no prisoners. Run an asymmetrical campaign. Don't do it by the book. Romney lost doing it by the book, talking about the issue, staying on message, talking about the economy. That's boring stuff to most voters, folks. The reason why Donald Trump is the candidate? Because he's a fighter. And we get the sense that he's going to fight for us. He's not going to lay down like John McCain, who made it clear when Barack Obama won the nomination that he wasn't going to get rough with him. This is who, this, this party, the RNC, the GOP, put up as our candidate. On the right, when I say we, I don't belong to the party. This is who this is who they put up people who had no fight in them. Same with Mitt Romney, nice guy, super guy. So everybody said about Mitt Romney, nice super guy. Tired of super guys. I want a fighter. I want a scrapper. I want a brawler. And we finally have one. And that's why I said Donald Trump's support is not going to erode. He's still fighting for that last five percent that he's going to need. Because that's what these elections are over, that 5 to 6 to 7% of independence. But he's, we, we got a fighter. And that's why these, these GOP elites, these establishment people, you know, the, the country club Republicans, I heard them called. They walk around in their blazers and their, their, their loafers, you know, sipping old fashions at the country club. tired of those types. I think it's refreshing to have a brawler. 
So, you know, that's why I say, you know, let not your hearts be troubled. Hang in there emotionally. I said on this program, go back and look. This was going to be an emotional roller coaster. I said, don't get caught up in it. Only because you're just going to drive yourself nuts, ladies and gentlemen. Every single day, the media is pounding them. You know what? They're going to be out of bullets. The media, they've tried everything. They've already thrown the kitchen sink at them. They're going to try it one more time. They can't figure out, for the love of money, why they haven't been able to make this guy go away. Stomp him out. They can't figure it out. He's running circles around these people. Yeah, it's the rope-a-dope. It's the Muhammad Ali rope-a-dope. And I believe, for what it's worth, I could be wrong. Come October, these people are going to be out of gas. The media. I didn't say they were going to quit. They're going to have anything left to throw. What are they going to say? Donald Trump is unfit to be president? We should elect the first woman president? I cannot believe this country has fallen this far and this fast when it comes to character and what we expect out of our president. That we would put a lying, corrupt politician in the White House. You're listening to David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. So, in the final segment here, just a a thing of note, President Obama continues to commute the sentence of dangerous federal prisoners, shorten their sentences. Many of those individuals, as you know, have already been the benefactor of watered-down sentencing in exchange for plea bargaining, bargaining, so it looks on its face. You know, like the person was just involved in some uh, illegal drug activity, but there's a lot more than that. This has been the most criminal-friendly president I've seen in my 38 years of policing and the most anti-police president I have seen in my 38 years of policing. But I want to talk about something a little different here to close out the program. The Black Lives Matter movement has put out a manifesto, demands... It's gotten to that. They're, they're now making demands. But you got you to hear this. Here's their platform. Black humanity and dignity requires black political will and power. Despite constant exploitation and perpetual oppression, black people have bravely and brilliantly 
been the driving force pushing the U.S. toward the ideals it articulates but has never achieved. In recent years, we have taken to the streets, launched massive campaigns, and impacted elections. Remember I said this was a political construct? Back to the story. But our elected leaders have failed to address the legitimate demands of our movement. We can no longer wait. In response to the sustained and increasingly visible violence against black communities in the U.S., and I don't think they're talking about the black-on-black crime, and globally, a collective of more than 50 organizations representing thousands of black people from across the country have come together with renewed energy and purpose to articulate a common vision and agenda. We are a collective that centers and is rooted in black communities, but we recognize we have a shared struggle with all oppressed people. Collective liberation will be a product of all of our work. And you can see this thing changing. We believe in elevating the experiences and leadership of the most marginalized black people, including but not limited to those who are women, queer, trans, femme, gender, non-conforming, Muslim, formerly and currently incarcerated, cash poor and working class, differently abled, undocumented, and immigrant, and small dogs. Oh, no, that was just my, I thought they were going there. We are intentional about amplifying the particular experiences of state and gendered violence that black, queer, transgender, nonconforming women and intersex people face. There could be no liberation for all black people if we do not center and fight for those who have been marginalized. It is our hope that by working together to create and amplify a shared agenda, we can continue to move towards a world in which the full humanity and dignity of all people is recognized. While this platform is focused on domestic policies, we know that patriarchy, exploitative capitalism, militarism, and white supremacy know no borders. We stand in solidarity with our international family against the ravages of global capitalism and anti-black racism, human-made climate change, war and exploitation. We also stand with descendants of African people all over the world in an ongoing call and struggle for reparations for the historic and continuing harms of colonialism and slavery. We also recognize and honor the rights and struggle of our indigenous family for land and self-determination. We have created this platform to articulate and support the ambitions and work of black people. We also seek to intervene in the current political climate and assert a clear vision, particularly for those who claim to be our allies of the world we want them to help us create. We reject false solutions and believe we can achieve a complete transformation of the current system, which place profit over people and make it impossible for many of us to breathe. Together, we demand an end to the wars against black people. We demand that government repair the harms that have been done to black communities in the form of reparations and targeted long-term investments. We also demand a deep funding of the systems and institutions that criminalize and cage us. The doc, this document articulates our vision of a fundamentally different world. However, we recognize the need to include policies that address the immediate suffering of black people. These policies, while less transformational, are necessary to address the current material conditions of our people and will better equip us to win the world we demand and deserve. 
We recognize that not all of our collective needs and visions can be translated into policy, but we understand that policy change is one of the many tactics necessary to move us toward the world we envision. We have come together now because we believe it is time to forge a new covenant. We are dreamers and doers, and this platform is meant to articulate some of our vision. The links throughout the document provide the stepping stones and roadmap to where and how to get there. Where to go and how to get there. The policy briefs also elevate the brave and transformative work our people have already engaged in and build on some of the best thinking in our history of struggle. This agenda continues the legacy of our ancestors who pushed for reparations, black self-determination and community control, and also people's new iterations of movements such as the efforts to reproductive justice, holistic healing and reconciliation, and ending violence against black queers and trans people. Listen to this. That's only part of it. That's kind of like the preamble. So remember... When I said two years ago, this was a political construct. This was not about black lives. Do you notice this movement away toward this anarchist ideology that this has been from day one? This has always been about anarchy. This is warmed over, leftover, Marxist views of capitalism. They talk about reproductive health. Abortion is what they're talking about. And now, now, folks, climate change has been has become a bigger problem in the black community than black on black crime. Climate change. I go to the black community. You know what blacks care about? Safe streets, safe neighborhoods, safe schools. They want jobs. That's what moves them. They want to be put back to work. They want to find meaningful work. Black people do not care about climate change. Black people do not care about all this other nonsense in here. About trans and queers and everything else that's mentioned in here. They do not care about that stuff. See, the true nature of these people is starting to emerge. This is a political construct. It's about political power. It's not about helping black people. Fatherlessness is a bigger concern and threat in the black community than climate change and trans and queer. Those are those the words they use. Issues. This reminds me of a nine-year-old kid. Let's, let's move it down. This reminds me of like a seven-year-old kid who sits in the floor, on the floor of a grocery store and tells his mom he's going to hold his breath until he can get his favorite cereal. This is juvenile behavior. Listen to this. Black humanity and dignity requires Black political will and power. This is the stuff that the Black Panthers speak of. It sounds like the Black Panthers wrote this thing. So we'll see how how, how far these demands go and see if anybody is uh, willing to buckle down. That's all the time we have for today. Follow me during the week at Twitter. It's at Sheriff Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E. 
and at thepeoplesheriff.com. God bless you. The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Find more on demand at theblaze.com slash radio.